Welcome. You're listening to the Heritage Podcast. To learn more about Heritage, including meeting times and upcoming events, visit us online at www.heritageff.org. Now, let's get into today's podcast. Uh, I believe the best is yet to come. I believe that with everything in me. I believe that that, that uh, the will of God is on our life. I believe that with everything in us. And I believe that we are in a time of, of moving into what I call change and exchange. You're going to be experiencing that all next year. Time of change and exchange. And, uh, and it'll be great. It'll be, it'll be great. And, and, not, and not all change is comfortable. Not, not all change is comfortable, but you've got to get excited about it. You, got, you, you, you must get, get excited about it. And uh, out of all the, the messages that, uh, that you'll ever hear, the greatest message, that you, one of the greatest messages you'll ever hear is the message of who Jesus Christ is. Of who Jesus is. That's the great, one of the greatest messages you'll ever hear. Matter of fact, before I get to where I want to go, got your Bible with you? Say, say well, this is my Bible. Out of it proceed the issues of life. I can have what my Bible said I can have. I can go where my Bible said I can go. I'm everything my Bible said I am. And faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the Word of God. In Jesus' name. Amen. I, I, I don't plan on doing anything small today. And, uh, and so I plan on, on, on in, uh, presenting to you the capacity to change. The capacity to last. And, and uh, the capacity to stay excited. And have vitality, spiritually speaking, mentally speaking, physically speaking, to last. And and uh, uh, and I want to. I've been majoring on this. Uh, 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 if I may say this, one of the the, the greatest individuals who uh, very few people ever hear about. They ever t- don't they don't preach on 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 these two individuals. But I want to preach on one specific one. And, and all you ladies get better get excited because I'm preaching on. On, uh, on a woman today yeah. who, who changed the course of the world. Amen. And she's only found in three verses of the scripture. I'll come on this side. And everything that's said about her is so powerful, so, so powerful that, 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 that the way it's worded and, the way, and what she did, what she did, it was tremendous. And I want to show you the difference uh, be, uh, in this. But before I do that, I want to, I, uh, I just felt instructed the Lord to do something else. Go to the book of Hebrews and go to uh, the sixth chapter. Hebrews chapter six. Uh, because before I get into this and, and hear this, um, uh, Hebrews chapter six, let's look at this for just a moment. Um, this is very important that we understand this. I believe with all my heart, did you hear, did you see the, the photo of, 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 uh, of Reinhard Bonnke? And he said, uh, and, and he talked about salvation. I told you that his number one statement that he constantly made was, is that um, uh, Africa shall be saved. Now, I, I've been to 18 different countries in this world. I was, in, I was in Siberia. And in Siberia, they would get up and they sang, they, they wrote a song about uh, Siberia. And about all of that region being saved. They never sang about them being blessed. They sang about everybody being saved. When I was in the Philippines, they had banners. The Philippines shall be saved. The the only place we never hear about America shall be saved. uh, Well, when? When do we hear that? Uh, here's what we read. Uh, uh, pray for me. I need to pay a bill. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm, pray, pray for me. I'm saving up uh, to do what I want to do. But other nations are saying, pray for me. D- d- did you hear that, that uh, uh, over 200 uh, uh, people were slaughtered? In, in Iran for serving God last week. Most of them women. Making a stand. I don't know if you've heard that or not. You, you know, uh, most of the news won't tell you that. 
most of the news won't tell you, but, but it, it happened. And they're getting saved uh, uh, all over the world today. And, and most of them don't understand why we're so in debt. There's a difference between nicety and necessities. Necessities are what you need. Niceties are what you... I, I, that would be nice to have. And people are most in debt to niceties, not necessity. And so, uh, but I want you to read this. This is so important. Listen to this statement. Uh, uh, the, uh, the writer, in his writing, it's, it's like the Apostle Paul. But listen to this, church. If we don't get the basics down, man, we're struggling. Watch this. Uh, in, in Hebrews chapter 6, verse 1. Therefore, leaving the elementary principles of the doctrine of Christ, or the anointing and his anointed one, let us go to maturity. Let's use the word stature there, because I'm going to come back and use that. Stature, maturity, stature. Not laying again the foundation of repentance. So by meaning that is, you should already know about repentance. You should already know repentance is a Christian doctrine. Apologies not. You don't apologize to God, you repent. You don't say, I'm sorry to God. You know what the word sorry means in the Webster's Dictionary? I'm pitiful. I'm pathetic. So when you say, I'm sorry, you're basically saying, I'm, I, I'm, I'm pathetic. So stop saying, I'm sorry. Amen. So, so here, the scripture says, so repentance. So you repent. So isn't that wonderful? Isn't that a good word? I'm making you happy. This is good at Christmas. This is awesome. We should be, we should understand that if I repent, then I'm okay. And, and, if, and once I repent, I'm not a sinner uh, saved by... I, I used to be a sinner, but now I'm saved by grace. But I'm not a sinner anymore. Pastor Art, you mean you never sin? Well, I live with Joanne. Ask her. Of course I do. Uh, you know, she's going to tell you. But, but, but I've removed myself. I don't sin like I used to sin. And there's no degrees of sin. Well, that one's worse than this one. What you do is worse. At least I do this one. But you do this one. No, sin is sin. Wicked is wicked. Stupid is stupid. I mean, just, 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 just to say it. Just to put words out. So, so, leaving it aside. So, repentance. That, that's, a, that's a basic doctrine, ladies and gentlemen. Church, church, that's a basic doctrine we ought to know. I should not have to lay that foundation, and spend uh, a whole year teaching what repentance is. Am I right? So it, it should be that repentance is there. So if you have been living in for unforgiveness for six months, you don't understand for repentance. You don't understand the basic foundation. So tell me how you're going to build any higher. You're on seeking sand. You're on seeking sand. Well, you don't know what they did with me. No, did, I don't know what you did. You're true. I don't know what they did. You have no idea what they did to somebody else. or some, We have no idea. Hurting people usually hurt others. So, uh, now watch this. And from dead works, uh, repentance from dead works, and, uh, and listen to this, there are some things certain people do that's just dead. God never asked you to do it. And then he said this. Listen to what he said. And faith towards God. We should never have to question whether faith is a reality. Listen to me, church. Uh, you got to live in faith. I remember, you know, one of the first times I ever... Actually, not one of... The first time I ever saw Dr. Lester Summerall was at Dr. Ed Dufresne's church. Well, he, he had a church in, uh, in uh, South Bay area. And uh, it was called Faith Bible Training Church Center Church. And Dr. Lester Summerall came. First time I ever heard him. And he stood up and he said, How many of you were to faith in here? And everybody raised their hand. Everybody raised their hand. The church, Faith Bible Training Center. Dr. Dr. Dufresne was the pastor. Word of faith man. Dr. Summerall says, how many word of faith in here? Everybody raised their hand. He goes, I know you live by faith. He goes, I've been living by, by faith since I was uh, 16 years old. Went around the world with $6 and came back with $6. He goes, I went to the boat with $6 in my hand. And then went around the world and didn't come back uh, until I was 50. And came back with $6 and lived by faith the whole time I was there. And there we are. We had the privilege of meeting him and spent time with him. 
and uh, he's the one I traveled overseas with. I watched that man do all kinds of stuff. Went around the world with six dollars. Uh, some people, I can't go to church. I don't have gas. Come on. Uh, you know, he, he, he's the one who bought a Hercules plane. That's a plane that you carry uh, 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 military uh, tanks and trucks in. And he bought one of those. And traveled it around the world and, and fueled that thing. And, it, and back in the 80s, it was running them to $8 million a, a year, uh, excuse me, a month to fly that plane. because And, and he would fill it with, with food and tents and building materials and, did everything, and, and give it to the poor. He started the Joseph Project. He had a ship, like a cruise line, like a, like a cruise ship. People go on cruises, he bought one. And took missionaries around the world, fed people. And preach and land, and then they'd preach the gospel. He had two of them. After he passed away, they sold everything. Nothing, nothing left of his legacy. Sad, uh, but but now now here, so you got to have faith towards God. How do you do it? By faith. By faith. He never never once did he ever did he ever falter. He was the man that they that three men jumped him on a train, beat him up in Ireland. He called them hooligans. They beat him up, threw beat him and threw him off the train. He caught, and he bounced. He said he bounced one time, got, off, got up off his feet, caught the end of the train, and jumped back on, and ran through that train, got those three guys, beat them up, threw them off. And he said, and I guess they didn't bounce that good because they never came back. And so, <laughs> but but uh, the man taught faith. I watched him. I watched him live faith. I, I watched him do stuff. The, the man was just amazing. But, and I teach faith. And uh, some people say you shouldn't teach faith anymore. Faith, faith is so relevant, you can't do one thing without faith. You need faith in God. And it's a basic doctrine. So when you question faith, your foundation you question. And so because, what I'm ready to share with you about Anna, wait until I get there. Uh, uh, faith towards God. Uh, and watch this. And the instruction about washing. The washing of the water by the Word. That, that means, that doesn't mean bathing. That means cleansing yourself with the Word. The washing in your mind, getting yourself renewed. And then, listen, listen to what he says in here. And the laying on of hands. Man, that's gotten so far away. People don't like to lay hands no more. There's so many scriptures on the laying on of hands. Uh, laying hands on. When we dedicate children, we, ded- we lay hands on them. Uh, do you know, you know one of the greatest, the greatest things that aren't being done anymore? It isn't being done that much anymore. You don't hear it that much anymore. Uh, men of God, I, I have no idea when, when, uh, when he left. I remember when Ben Sedita Hosa passed away. He called all of his elders together. And he said, it's time for me to go. Had all these elders in his room, in his house. They all squeezed in his home. He had over 100 people in his home. And, and there were more that he could have called. But he said, you're the ones I'm leaving my impartation to. He laid hands on everybody. And he said, okay, I'm done. Went into his bedroom, laid down, went to sleep. And never woke up. But you know what he did? He laid hands on everybody. There was an impartation. There was, there, there was that impartation of his life. There's, there's his here. I don't, I don't know if anybody's ever read his statement. Uh, uh, that's Dr. Sumrall. See him waving? He said, goodbye, oh, goodbye, uh, cruel world. Uh, uh, he goes, I loved you while I was here. But I'm, but you can hear read his old statement. Powerful. Thank you for putting that up, Jess. Uh, uh, but, he, but he said goodbye to the whole world. Leaving now. He says, the two people I love the most are in heaven, my wife and Jesus. And so, uh, but now notice this, and the washing, uh, and, and the laying on. I was watching a video, I've been centered at all the pastors I know. He was, six months before he passed away, the first time I ever saw Dr. Summerall cry in that tape. And he said this, I wrote a book called Pioneers of Faith. And Eddie held that book up like this, and he said, I wrote this book because everybody in this book's dead, and they trained me. They imparted it to me, lay hands on me. And they're all in heaven now. And he goes, and nobody cares that I knew them. And I alone knew them. I'm the only one living to tell you about it. And I'm going to tell you right now. And uh, he goes, and most people don't care who they are. He, he knew Lily, Lily Omens. He knew, he started talking about all the different individuals. He said, no, nobody cares. Almost nobody cares today about, what, about our, our, our spiritual history. Listen, I've raised three people from the dead and I've proclaimed it from this con- in this congregation. No one has ever sat down and said, could you tell me what happened? I've been saying it for years. Not one person has ever come and said, could you tell me what happened? Not one. Not one. 
When the blind boy came to me and, and I prayed for him and his eyes opened up, not one person has ever asked me, what was that like to see that young boy give you a pic Christmas picture with his eyes? Look, at it good, it's good to see you. Thank you. Thank you. Man, it, it's so amazing. When the hips grew back in a baby boy and he had no hips, born with no hips, and I laid hands on him, and the hips grew back, and he started kicking, his mom started screaming, picked him up, and the little boy took off running. He didn't have any hips, born without hips, and God healed him. When a woman with 36 growths in her, in her uterus, and she was supposed to have operation, have a total everything removed, and, and, and uh, the doctors didn't give her much help, and I saw an angel walk in and heal her. And, almost, and I tell her, almost nobody ever asks. I listened to Dr. Summer. I said, I, I know what he's going through. I know what he, I know what he feels. Now, now the, laying on hands, the resurrection of the dead, not his resurrection, our resurrection, there's a hope. So when somebody passes away that you love, there's a resurrection of the dead. Ladies and gentlemen, they just don't go into oblivion. They, they, they're escorted, if they're born again, into the throne of God, and they get to meet Jesus, and they're walking in heaven with loved ones, and they've already met Moses and Isaac and Jacob, and they, most importantly, they've met Jesus Christ. And the eternal judgment. There's an eternal judgment coming. This is doctrine. And then, uh, and, uh, and uh, this will, uh, we will do if God permits. For it's possible for those who once were enlightened, who've uh, tasted of the heavenly gift, who shared in the Holy Ghost, have tasted the good word and the powers of the ages to come. If they fall away, oh, there can be a falling away. And if they fall away, and, uh, but uh, to be renewed once more to repentance since they crucified themselves to the Son of God and subject to the public shame. Isn't that interesting? And, and then, of course, uh, don't have time to go through it, but in the book of, Jane, uh, book of 1 John chapter... Well, we do. We have time. It's my service. I'm the pastor. You didn't hire me. You can't fire me. It's called to God. 1 John, watch this. 1 John chapter 5. This is why I'm excited. This is why I live the way I live. I know my God. He visits me. We talk. We converse. He, you know, I've sensed His presence in my room. I've seen Him. I've seen angelic operation. Watch this. Uh, 1 John chapter 5. Uh, watch this verse 6. It's, it says this powerful verse of Scripture. It says, For this is He who came by water and by blood, Jesus Christ. By water and blood. That means by birth. I mean, we know that the, uh, the, uh, uh, in order to hold, for the woman to hold the child, she has, to have, uh, 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 she has to have within her the capacity the child holds water and lives in water, breathes in water, and then the, there's the, the blood that flows through that. And they, and they know the child's coming because the water bag breaks. That's the quickest time to take, teach a child how to swim because they're used to being in water. That's what I did with Joel. I'd hold him in the water and teach him how to swim. We'd go across the, the pool. Because he was already used to holding the water. I just blow in his face and he'd swim. And we'd go into water. People got shocked. But he already knew how to live. Different story. Water and blood. And then the scripture says this. Uh, and by water blood. And it is the spirit who bears witness. Because the spirit is true. Now here it comes. Watch this. They that do testify in heaven. The father. Watch close. The father. The word. Which is Jesus. And the Holy Spirit. And, th and they are one. These three are one. So this is where you get the Trinity. This is not the only verse, but this is why we believe in the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, the three in one. Amen. You are born in His image. You're triune. You, have a, you are a spirit, you have a soul, and you live in a body. The body is the lowest part of you. It's the lowest level of you. And then you got your mind. And that's based with five components. And then your spirit, made of three. But that's where the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, the Word, lives on the inside of you. You're one spirit, but it's composed of that element because you created His image. So these three bear witness. If you don't believe in the Trinity, you're going to have a hard time with Him being born. With Jesus being born. How could God do such a thing? How could God do such a thing? Uh, and, and so this is so important. Now, go over to the book of Luke. Let's go there. Luke chapter 2. Uh, let, let's, let's go. Are you ready? Ladies, are you ready? Oh, yeah. Praise God. This is, this is a dynamic, uh, if you want to, you can call this a Christmas story if you like. 
but, but now notice this. Jesus, in Luke's gospel, greatest explanation of his birth, and, and, and there's something that takes place in here that, that sometimes we miss, and uh, they, we, we read about the whole thing. The shepherds and the angels are announced over there in verse 8. And then, uh, but then as we get over at, at verse 8, this is the scripture that I use when I do baby dedications because this is when they do, they would come according to the law and they'd present the child at that time period. Uh, but now notice, if you will, at verse, if you will notice this, um, uh, I'm going to bypass Simeon for just a moment, but he is located in verse 25. Oh, we ought to read about him. Now, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. You see him there, verse 25? And the man was righteous and devout and uh, waiting for the consolation of Israel. That's a quotation of Isaiah chapter 41. Don't have time to go there. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it was revealed to him. Underline that. Revealed to him. Underline that. It was revealed to him. Underline that. It was revealed. You will never understand God through natural elements. You get understand God by revelation. You get, God, you get it by revelation. That, that's why what I'm sharing with you is revelation. This is the book. That's why I don't use the, the, uh, you know, the, uh, 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 any other kind of uh, books. I don't use the Reader's Digest to tell you this. I, you never hear me say this. I think this is what this means. I, I, I have a theory. You never hear me say that. I don't have any. Okay, this, this is not a theory. This, this scripture, Simeon, was a real man, historical. He, he was a real man. And he, he was an older man. This is close to what I'm going to say. He's an older man. Let, let me add, say this. He was an older man who wasn't retired. He may not have had the, the natural physical strength to do what he did when he was 20, but he had the strength to hear God. He had the strength to be in the temple. And the scripture said, the Holy Spirit told him, go to the temple today. He said, he, in his own words, you will not die. The Holy Spirit told him, you will not die till you see the Son of Consolation come. So he said, I can't die. I don't care what you try to do. Cancer can't take me out. Leukemia can't take me out. Uh, brain disease can't take me out. I'm not going to die. I've got to see him. So he lived by the word that was given to his spirit. Didn't say that it was anybody else heard it. He heard it. What you heard from God ought to make you last. What you heard from God ought to give you joy. What you heard from God, maybe nobody else heard, but it ought to get on the inside and say, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I know what the doctor said, but I heard from God just like five years ago, and this is what he told me I would be doing. And it didn't include what you're saying, Doc. I understand what you're telling me is real. You, you've scanned it. You've seen it. There's images. There's pictures. There's blood tests. However, you didn't factor in. I see nothing on the x-ray that says G-O-D. I see nothing in there about the anointing. I see nothing in there about the life of God. You bypassed Him. Your x-ray can't show you that. I am a Christian. I am born again. I belong to the Most High God. I've been created in His image. So, I take your report, and I take the report of the Lord. I put the report of the Lord right above. I'll do what you told me to do, but the report of the Lord, I am already healed. So, I speak, I decree, I declare, and I believe what I say. So, I say into the atmosphere, body be thou well. Amen. I remember when the doctors told me, they told me, uh, you, it looks like you had a heart attack. All the x-rays show you had a heart attack. I go, I didn't have a heart attack. They said, yeah, all the x-rays. I said, that, you got the wrong man. They go, that's your name, Art Aragon. I said, that's my name, but that's not my image. They go, what? No, no, that's not me. I said, I'm going to come back next week and we're going to take the test again and you, I'm charging you. You're going to do it for free. I'm not paying you again. We're going to come back. We're going to do it again. Do all the x-ray. Do it, do it one more time. They did. They came back and said, there's nothing on there. That, that, but we must have made a mistake on the thing. I, go, I know you did. I know you did. They said, but we found something else. I said, are we going to go through this again? No. Something came on me. 
when I had that broken ankle and the cast was up to my knee. And that man, that man that, uh, at Melly Land from, South, from Africa looked at me and he, I had a crutches. He looked at me and he said to me, are you a Christian? I said, yes, sir. He said, why are you in a cast? I said, I broke my foot. He said, are you a Christian? I said, yes. Why are you in a cast? I said, I broke my foot. He said, are you a Christian? I said, yes. He goes, why are you in a cast? I broke my foot. He and I were now were having a yelling match. I was getting mad. He grabbed my crutches and he threw them. And then kicked me as hard as he could in my cast. He said, by the stripes you're a healed man. My God restores your bones. Get off my stage. You know who was holding me up? Joanne's dad. Joanne's dad was holding me up. Now he was just coming, he was born again, but he was just coming out of prejudice. So when he saw this man from Africa kill me, uh, kill, kill me, kick, kick, kick me, kick me, I mean, he, his mind went, I got to defend my son-in-law here. We went off and, and I sat there and I said, take me to my doctor. He goes, why? And I go, I'm going to have him cut this cast off. So I went to the doctor. The doctor said, we just took an x-ray three weeks, uh, two weeks ago. It's still broke. There's no way that it's, it, uh, you cut it off. Or I'll go home and cut it off myself. And I don't have a whole lot of tools. <laughs> and some of you are laughing because you know. <laughs> right, Steve? That's right. Uh, Gabe? Yeah, our, yeah. <laughs> uh, Brent, do I have tools? Brent's not even paying. Do I have tools to cut? No, I don't. So, so the guy said, signed a waiver. I did. He cut it off. Totally healed. Totally healed. A man kicked my foot. I get mad. I was, I was mad because he kicked Are you a Christian? Yeah. Then why are you in a, that, that, that infuriated me. When he kicked me, I didn't get mad. And, but see, you, you'd figure I would get in an argument. I know I'm going to baffle all of you. Well, not all of you. I won't. It's not correct. I apologize for that. I repent for that statement. That's not correct. Some of you. I will baffle you figured I wouldn't get in an argument, Brent, with this man. Because in that same service, there was a man who came up. And he looked at him and he said, this man told me that if I came, you'd be, I'd be healed. And he said, well, what's wrong with you? And he went like this, pulled out his eye. He goes, I don't have an eye. I had cancer. They had to remove my eye. They gave me a glass eye. I want a new eye. And he stuck it back in. He goes, this man said you could do it. So the man said, then in the authority of the name of Jesus, there's organs in heaven. I call your eye in. And the guy just started laughing and then he started screaming. He fell on the ground and then his eye popped out on its own and he had a brand new eye. This is 10 minutes before the man's kicking me. And he and I, so you would figure, why would I get in an argument? Yeah, I saw that, yeah. Yeah, I was there. I saw that. He said, Pastor Art, Yeah. God grew my back. Why? He grew you. He said, you are fearfully, wonderfully made. Did this Holy Ghost church turn Catholic or what? What? No place you're supposed to be quiet is the library. Here. Told you a miracle. That's why I said some of you would get the... You're going to Google, eyeball, fall out of you. Just pay attention. So, so the scripture says in here, watch what happened. And so Simeon came on, and Simeon's devout man, he came in, and he was led of the Spirit, came to the temple. And when he came to the temple, uh, the scripture says that uh, they brought him to parents. He pre-ministered to them. He spoke to them. Now notice what it says in verse 36. Jump down to verse 36. Are you all ready? Here she is. Here she is. And there was a one Anna, listen to what it says, a prophetess, the daughter of Penal, the, of the tribe of Asher. Listen to the definition. Her name is Anna, which means grace and favor. Johanna, Joanne's real name, is the derivative of Anna. So Joanne's name means grace and favor. So I live with grace and favor. 
And now listen to this. Listen to the statement. Are you ready for it? And she's a prophetess. So that meant she prophesied in that temple. And she was of great age and lived with her husband for seven years. And listen close. I'm right ready to help. Listen close. This is, why, this is so vital that you hear this. A change and exchange. Listen, listen to what I'm about to tell you. She was with her husband for seven years and, didn't, and from her virginity did not expect him to pass away and he did. She, we don't know if she held him in her arms we don't, when he passed away. We don't know if they were together. Here's what we know. They were married seven years. She did not expect to only be married seven years. She didn't expect that. But seven years, she was with her husband. For seven years, she loved her husband. For seven years, she adored her husband. The scripture does not tell us they had any children. Scripture does not tell us that. Josephus' writings, a, a, a man from that time period, wrote and said this, that because of Scripture, how many remember the parable where the Pharisees came to Jesus and said, if a woman got married and she, her husband died, and then her, she was to marry her brother, then he died, then married her other brother, then he died, and that went seven times. His brother, his brother, seven times. Not her own brother. Seven times. Seven brothers. Number one, if, if you lost two brothers in the marriage... I ain't marrying her. Everybody, everybody marries or dies. I mean, forget this. I mean, this is different. But that, that was. But then Jesus makes the statement: "There's no marriage in heaven. There's no gi- marriage or giving a marriage in heaven. So you're married here on earth. So you're right now. You are living in what we know as end time marriages. You'll know each other in heaven, but you won't be married in heaven. Jan told me I can't live in her mansion. She said, I had to deal with you here. I ain't dealing with you in heaven. She goes, oh, well, you can come visit my mansion. I won't be there anyway. I've got too many things to do. And she'll be in her supernatural Kia just driving all over the place. <laughs> if there's a target, she'll find it. <laughs> I don't need any coupons. Hey, it's heaven. I know it's heaven. There's no coupons needed here. Uh, but, but here's the interesting thing. Listen close. She lost her husband. Do you you know where they found her? Back at the temple. Back at the temple. She wasn't grieving. She didn't quit God. She didn't quit going to the tabernacle. She didn't quit her priest. She didn't quit the things of God. She threw herself into the things of God. Josephus' writings say that that uh, the brother came and said... It, by law, I am supposed to take you and take care of you. And that she recli- declined and said no. And the Catholic Church said she was the first nun. That that's where they get nuns, because she was married to God. She wasn't married to God. She was devoted to God. Amen. And so she came, and here's what she did. This is, this is, this is what it said. And she was a widow... About four score, four years. For 44 years, she was a widow. She was a virgin when she got married, and she never slept with another man after her husband passed away. And she gave herself to God. And for 44 years, she served in the temple. Eventually, she lived in the temple. And she served in the temple with natural elements, but beyond that, she prayed in the temple. She worshipped in the temple. When nobody else was there, she was praying. She was worshiping. She was seeking the face of God. She was prophesying. She was decreeing. She was declaring after her first year of, of separation. Then her second. Then third. Fourth. Forty-four years go by. And she has a knowing. There's a Messiah coming, according to the book of Isaiah. Somebody, there's a Messiah coming. I will hold him. She knew it. She prophesied it. Simeon said, I can't die till I see the Son of Consolation, the Savior. So he saw the Savior, declared, I see the Savior. She was told of the Lord. So she declared this, and watch this, and the temple served God with fasting and prayers night and day. Isn't this powerful? And then she coming in that instant gave me thanks likewise unto the Lord. Here's what I love. 
Her, husband, her husband's deceased, ladies and gentlemen. She saw people coming, families coming, children coming, husbands and wives coming to church. She never got sad. She never got depressed. said, why did my husband die? Why, why, why? Anytime you get into the whys, you start to wonder. And anytime you start to wonder, you start to wander. And it takes, you more, it takes you distant from God. Here, she devoted herself. And she, every day she'd come in and begin to give thanks. She saw a lot of baby dedications, all based on the law. She saw a lot of things occurring, marriages. She saw all kinds of things that were taking place. But that day she walks in, not led of the Spirit, it was just her duty, just her comment. She walked in and saw Simeon. Simeon had a baby in his arm. And he's talking to God. And the prophetess knew, that's him, and walked over. This is a, a somewhat of a picture of, of Simeon blessing, if, I, if they can put that up for just a moment so you can get an idea. This wasn't him. They didn't have cameras in those days. You understand that. So, but this is Simeon blessing Joseph. And I mean, he came in, and he saw him. He said, this is what I must do. Get an image. This, is, this happened, ladies and gentlemen. This is Christmas. This is, this, is, this is Jesus after manger being blessed. He was being blessed. What did Jesus do before he left? Put his hands up, was taken up in the cloud, put his hands out and blessing. Remember the laying hands uh, uh, as a blessing? That's what he was doing. This is what he did. Simeon, blessed Joseph and Mary, and then holds Jesus the Savior as he has been waiting for. This is what took place. And then while he was doing that, somebody steps up behind him and it's this, now we have this collection of two powerful individuals. And this is Anna, and this is, jo, and this is, and this is Simeon. And look at Anna. I've been waiting for him. I've been waiting for him. There's Simeon talking and blessing him. And the prophet is going, I remember him. Anna steps in, and the prophetess of the future of Jesus, and the trials and the victory she prophesies. Then she speaks of the generations to come. She spoke and said, out of you generations shall come. I don't know whether you realize this. Anna spoke about you. When she saw Jesus prophetically, she uttered your future. She uttered you out. She said, you're coming. Not only is a Savior, but a Lord is coming. They'll shake the world and bring in new life. She prophesied this. He blessed him so that he could last his 33 years on earth. And she prophesied so that his gifting, his substitution, and his sacrifice would last for you and me. We stand here today because... Because of this combination of so many things. It wasn't just because what God said. But God had to get it out. What was the song? We speak into the atmosphere. God needed somebody to speak into the atmosphere. How come these two never married? Because it was not the will of God. Somebody, matchmaker, matchmaker. You're old, she's old. Why don't you just get married and be together? Come on, there's all kinds of people looking to try to match people up. Same church. But look at, look at them. Devoted to God. Saw each other in the temple together. But one didn't live in the temple. That was Simeon. He didn't live there. But Anna never quit God. After seven years, you figure, I'm a young woman. How did this happen? Why did this happen? I can't trust this God. She didn't do that. You know where she ran? Go to the temple. That's the only place I know that I hear strength. People today get into a challenge and they run from church. They run from their pastor. They run from their minister. Here Anna ran too. Look at her. this image that captured her perfectly. She was joyful. The Bible said she daily praised God. For 44 years, she praised God. Ladies and gentlemen, let me say it again. For 44 years, she praised God. She came in and would honor God. I'm alive. I'm alive and I hear it. I hear the voice of God. What God told me 44 years ago, it will come to pass. It will happen. 
I didn't see it this year. Maybe next year. I didn't see it this year. Maybe next year. Maybe next year. Maybe next year. Maybe next year. And each year may have brought struggles, may have brought challenges. We don't know. She went to the age of 84 years old. I don't know what her body was handling. At 84, when she first lost her husband, she probably came in grieving, sad. And then joy hit her. When she was in her 30s and in her 40s and in her 50s, she would walk in and step in. And everybody knew her. Certain denominations, they call them the church grandma or the church mom. They're always there. We went to church at Bob Lytle's. Always there was Sister Lytle, that's what we called Morris, Sister Morris sat in front of us all the time. I sat behind Sister Morris all the time. Sister Morris was a powerful woman. She had her Bible all marked up, scriptures all marked up. She turned around sometimes and go, look at that, look at that, look at that. <sighs> Turn back around. Man, always training. Then after service, what did, what did you mean by that? What did you mean by that verse? Oh, let me tell you. With a smile on her face. Her face all preciously wrinkled up and you know, just, just a wonderful woman. Oh, man. To hear the voice of God. How to get this. Oh, can I show you one more? Yes, please. Don't worry. Look at this. And she showed me that. The church mom. She never brought me a biscuit. Never brought me a bacon. Never brought me a tamale. Never brought me a piece of pie. But Sister Morris... Always had a word. Every time I saw her, she'd look for me because I was hungry. Before she, before we, she left the church, and she said, "You're the only man that tell asked me what I mean by that." I spend hours with you, Sister Morris. An impact, a marked Sister Morris. Marked. Glory be to God. I remember when my sister I wanted the Holy Ghost. She, my brother said, my brother, older brother said, so Maddie, you come over to my house. Okay. I go to church. I read the Bible. How come I'm not, I don't have what you have? I said, you're not filled with the Holy Ghost. Yeah. Well, I took my first communion. And I said, so did I. We went through the whole thing. And I said, stand up. He did. And he fell out under the power of God. Got filled with the Holy Ghost, started speaking in tongues. His wife looked at him and said, you scare me. She said, that's my husband. He's not a liar. You have always believed was a liar. But him, I didn't. She goes, but he's not lying. That's real. I said, you want, to get it? You want that? She goes, no, leave. So I left. Left him on the floor. Two weeks later, she's, in, she's sitting behind me in church. Taps me on the shoulder. She said, I came. I want what my husband got. Sister Morris heard her. Church mom got up, walked over. You want it? That's all she said. My sister-in-law fell out on the floor, speaking in tongues on the aisle. I said, she got it. Those days, we should have never lost those kind of moments where the Holy Ghost comes in, where people want... Uh, crave. Ah. And she coming in, inst- in that instant gave thanks. Just That is so powerful. You could spend literally five months just right there. How could you give thanks after you're losing your husband? How could you give thanks knowing you never married again? How, how do you give thanks when you're watching others get married? How do you give thanks when you're watching others dedicate their children? And we don't have any scriptures yet. How do you give thanks? How do you give thanks because you don't have a home? How do you give thanks? And, and Simeon and her watched. Do, do, you, do you realize what kind of sacrifice Mary and uh, Joseph gave? Turtle dove. You know what that indicated? They didn't have much. Because you usually give a lamb. But they couldn't afford a lamb. They gave what they could. They gave from their prosperity. So the acceptance of a turtle dove, but you know what it brought? I've been waiting for that child. And Simeon goes. And then 
after Simeon hands her over to Anna, then Anna begins to just, this she began to do what she knows to do because everything she gleaned, she got from one thing saying in the temple, and that was her prayer life. She was a, a woman of prayer. She was a woman of prayer and fasting. Now, she was a vast and and, she, and, so, she, and so can you imagine that, that uh, her, her life was this way? And here's what I want to say to you. She never departed from the temple. When you run into a challenge, this is what I want to say to you. This, I, want to, I want to wrap this up in the prettiest bow I can. You're going to go through some challenges. Unexpected. Did she expect her husband to die? No. Did she want him to die? No. Did she expect to live his whole, her whole life? Yes. Did death take him out? Yes, we have no scriptures how. But she never departed from the temple. She never departed from her worship. She never stopped fasting. She never stopped her prayer in the day or the afternoon or the night. But when the hour was time to come, she heard from God for the redemption of Israel. Anna is a scriptural uh, individual who stood through the test of time and remained faithful to her God, to her church, and to her priest. She never shifted. She never shifted. She remained faithful. She had challenges. See, some people go through challenges. I don't believe in God. Look what I went through. You can't. Now, let me make this statement to you. Let me close here. Age never made her quit. I'm going to say that one more time. Age never made her quit. Look at, look at Reinhard Bonnke. I mean, look at the man. He was in his... In his uh, uh, he was in the 80s and... 79? 79 years old. Still preaching. 79 years old. Lester Summerall was in his 80s. Brother Hagen ate great, uh, strawberries and went on. Charles Capps got his family together. Said, it's time for me to go. He went to sleep and never got up. That's the way to go. That's the way you leave. Very, very few, you see, very few people do. Here's what I'm going to say. Very few men and women of God leave. It is my goal that when I depart this earth, to gather my family together, say, I'm leaving. Get together. Let me put my hands on you and bless you. Amen. Now I'm going to go sleep. Amen. That's how I want to go. That's what they did. Moses did it. Enoch did it. I mean, all, all these people, all these throughout Scripture, they all did it. And, and, uh, and age didn't make her quit. Her, uh, quit, or listen to this. And it didn't make her change her course. Amen. Amen. You see, uh, if, I, if, I'm, if I'm preaching, if I'm preaching, if I'm called to preach, then this is what I'm called to do. If I'm called to be your pastor, I'm called to be your pastor. That's what I'm called to do. Amen? So my, my call, that's my assignment. You know what I do? I talk a lot. A lot. And I'm not just a, 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 a pastor who could just get up and... and, and do a nice little sermon to make you... you know, I'm, I'm not looking for your applause or your happiness. I'm here to preach. I'm here to drive out sickness and disease. But in order for me to do that, I've got to speak. Can I show you something real quick? I, I, if, if I'm, I'm your pastor. I was, and the, a pastor, by definition, is a minister of the gospel who preaches. Am I right? You know what's interesting? 
My Bible was up here the whole time. Did anybody hear it? My iPad was up here. Did anybody hear it? My notes are here. Right here. So in, in, order, in order for me to pastor you, I've got to say something. In order for me to pastor you, you've got to hear something. You know, what Sam, you know what Simeon's name is? I don't have to teach on him. His name is here, this. Hear, listen, and see. That's what his name means. So you've got to hear something. Then you've got to listen for what you heard to come to pass so that you can see it manifest. And then you get grace and favor on your life. Well, listen. You didn't hear me up here, right? My job is to minister the Word of God. You know what your job is? To fill those chairs around you. So if you don't fill those chairs, that's how silent it is. That's how silent it is. You're supposed to tell others about Jesus Christ. Amen? I may not be the most excited person you ever saw in your life. Does, does, it, does it really matter uh, in regards to that? But if I'm feeding you and you're here, you have to tell somebody. You have to tell somebody. Joanne makes the best sloppy joes I've ever had in my life. And she hasn't made them in a while, but she makes them really good. That's a major faith comes by hinting. And so, uh, she, she never quit. She never changed her course. Can I help you here? She lived in the temple. You know what that means? She never had a house. That means she had to depend on somebody else's to sustain her. Uh, that meant money or lack of it didn't make her quit or change her course. Some of you right now are going through some financial scenarios. You shouldn't quit. You shouldn't change your course. Uh, also, did you notice, uh, for 44 years she was single. She was married, never had a child. Her husband died. And that didn't make her quit. And she never changed her course. I'm leaving Jerusalem. I'm never coming back here. Too many bad memories. Here's what, she, here's what made her last. She practiced purity, she prayed consistently, and proclaimed boldly. If you were encouraged by today's message and believe it would be uplifting to others, then be sure to rate us and hit subscribe. To experience more of Heritage, visit us at www.heritageff.org. Again, thank you for listening to the Heritage Podcast today. And remember, Jesus is Lord.